always blessed when I get to come here on a Wednesday or a Sunday or any time, whether it be for practice with the, the worship team and uh, sit in the chairs or if I get to do the slides or whatever, and share and praise and worship of the Lord. Um, there's so many more times we need to be doing that, and that's one of the things we're going to be talking about in this study. Um, we're going to be in Second Chronicles 20, so if you want to go ahead and work your way there. Um, where we're at in Second Chronicles 20, we're talking about um, King Jehoshaphat, and um, where he's at so far, where he, what happened is he, he just got done with the battle with the king of Israel, whom the king of Israel was just slain. And, he, and very recently he was, um, just got done cleansing of the, the lands of false idols and pointing judges. Um, so I'm going to read, before I get started and read, read any verses, let's go ahead and go before the Lord in prayer. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you most importantly for your word, Lord. Our hearts, our minds, everything in our bodies desires to praise and honor you, Lord. So we just pray that your message would be your, the, the message today would be yours, Lord. And we just thank you for that. In your name we pray. Amen. So as, like I was saying, uh, King Jehoshaphat, he's known as a good king. He's known as a good king. And then one of the last things in 19, he says to these new judges he, he appoints, he says, behave courageously and the Lord will be with the good. Because they were having a lot of problems with a, a lot of judges that were basically abusing their power. So he, was, he really had the heart and the mind of the Lord. I mean, he really was just seeking after the Lord. So we're going to see a trial that he's about to really get into. It's really something, something very, very overwhelming. So let's go, for, go ahead and read from the scripture, Second Chronicles 20, 1 through 4. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Je- Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they are Hazazan Tamar, which is En Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help, from the Lord, and from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. A great multitude is coming against him. Three armies is coming against his kingdom. It's one of those situations where, like, I don't know how many takes going to how many it's going to take to beat us, but I know how many they're bringing. Right? Each one of these armies could probably single-handedly defeat them. And what are they coming out after? They're coming after the spoils. They're coming after the riches or perceived riches that they may have. And, and what, did, what did it say about um, Jehoshaphat here? Jehoshaphat feared. Jehoshaphat was afraid. He is the leader of these people, and he's afraid. But more importantly, what does he do directly thereafter? He doesn't analyze the army. He doesn't look for weaknesses. Right? He doesn't you know, check with his, his generals or his, his captains. What is it the next thing he does? He set himself to seek the Lord. I can think of so many situations how, how much we can a- apply this to our own lives today. I mean, we may, we may not think we have three armies against us, but folks, we have three armies coming against us every day. You got the world attacking us. We have our own sin attacking us. We have the devil attacking us. And the thing that these all have in common 
as through our own ability, through our own powers, we can't defeat them. We cannot defeat them. So we need to be like Jehoshaphat's example here and seek after the Lord. And in verse 4, I just wanted to touch on verse 4. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord, and from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. This is how we know Jehoshaphat was a good king, and he was, I guess, a righteous king. All the people were following him. They were following after him, seeking after the Lord. Imagine if a world leader today said, I'm afraid, I don't think we can overcome these odds, let's go to the Lord. And then all the people come out of their homes to join in him in prayer. Joining in prayer when we need it. Joining anyone that calls for prayer when they need it. What a wonderful example. And we're going to see more of that out of the people. I mean, that's just kind of a testament to the leader that Jehoshaphat was. So let's look at um, verses 5 through 9. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? I'm going to stop right there. Does he know? Is this, is this one of the rhetorical questions? Absolutely. Does God need to be told who he is? No. These are rhetorical questions. He's basically stating who the, his God is. O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Yes, he is. Do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? All the kingdoms. To include the nations of his enemies. To include the nations of our enemies. God rules over all those that would come against us as Christians. God rules over everyone. And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Yes, of course. He is. He does have that might. He is the Almighty. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. That is some powerful stuff there. But why, what? The exciting thing for me when I read through this was what was an important part of him stating who his God was? Why is that important? Why is it important that we remember who our Lord is? Think about it. When we go through a trial, and the first thing we do is we name who our God is. Too often, and I'm guilty of this, when we start praying, maybe it's a financial um, uh, trial we're going through, and we start praying, I'm praying, I'm thinking about my boss needs to give me some money, I need my bills to go away, but what am I praying to? I'm praying to the wrong things. Lord, I desire your will in my life. So what Jehoshaphat's doing here is he's telling, he's declaring who his Lord is. When we are going through a trial, we need to be praying, we need to specify who our Lord is. Our Lord is the creator of the universe. Our Lord is the God that put his only begotten son on this planet to walk as a human, die on the cross for our sins, and give us the promise and the hope of eternal salvation. 
bring it more a little bit locally, a little more personally. My God is the one that gave me my wife, my children. Saved me from so many trials. And I know each and every one of us got stories. When we remember who our Lord is, the trial that we're going through seems like nothing. The Lord is going to save me from this. The Lord Almighty. The creator of the universe. The Lord of all nations. It's important to remember who we are praying to. Not just to give give them our laundry list. Who are we praying to? Verses 10 through 12. And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let us, you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and did not destroy them. So he's remembering the fact that they spared these people previously on the Lord's beckoning. The Lord told them not to. The Lord gave them guidance to leave these people alone. And this is basically how these people are returning the favor. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. In verse 12, there's three nuggets right there that we need to pay attention to. For we have no power against this great multitude. We need to recognize who we're praying to, but secondly, we have to understand that we don't have the power. If this is really is a trial that we're going through, if it's something that we're, we're talking about, one of these three armies that we can't defeat, talking about the world and sin and the, and the devil, we can't do it under our own power. We cannot do it under our own power. Nor do we know what to do. It is, that is one of the hardest things to say. As a man, that is one of the hardest things. I don't know what to do. That is one of the hardest things to admit, not having the answers. And if we acknowledge we don't have the answers, where do we got to go to next? The Lord. But our eyes are upon you. That's an expectation. That's an acknowledgement that there's only one being in the entire universe that has the answer and has the ability to overcome these things that are of spiritual in nature. Principalities of good and evil. There's only one being that can overcome these things. Jehoshaphat knew that he would not be able to win this war with so vast an army against him unless the Lord himself won the war for them. He says that he placed himself and all the people of Judah into the hands of God. Whatever happened would be a result of God's action on their behalf. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing just to pray and just turn it over to the Lord? Have we done that before? Have we tried it? Oftentimes I'm surprised when he answers. I don't, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on, but you know, we often act surprised when he actually answers. Um, Jesus gives us a, a great example in Matthew twenty six thirty nine. Um, he says, O oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. See, when we're praying, we have to be seeking the Lord's will. Believing, having faith in the Lord, having faith in his 
divine power, having faith in his ability to answer your prayers, being patient to sit still, be quiet, and listening for the Lord. Verse 13, Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives, their children stood before the Lord. Every household emptied. Think about how powerful a statement that is. They didn't send representatives. They didn't send elders. They didn't send the husbands, the, the, the eldest son. Everyone came. Everyone showed up because they expected the Lord to act. They had faith. Think about the example if we did that today. Think about the example. People are watching us. People are watching us. They're not watching us to see how great of Christians we are when times are good, when it's Christmas time, when we're handing out you know, food or we're packing boxes. They're not, that's not when they're watching us. They're watching us when we go through our trial. They're watching us when we're going through our you know, midlife crisis, a, a family tragedy, and they want to see what our real faith is, where our real faith lies. Who do we really believe in? Where is our hope? If you look at these people who are following Jehoshaphat, all Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. To me, that's, that's precious. You get an entire community working. That's, that's why I like when we do intercessory prayer, when we gather together or we're in a Bible study and we're, we're sharing what our, our, our prayers are, sharing where our hurts are, and we're sharing in prayer. The expectation that the Lord's going to answer with a bunch of brothers and sisters in Christ who are believers, who are strong in the faith, to support in that prayer. <clears throat> and the other thing, I, I, before I move on, one, the other thing I wanted to think about, this is the same God that gives us the ability to holler out, Abba, Father, just as Jesus Christ did. And when I think of the first time I was a father, the first time I had a child, and I, everyone was telling me before the, my oldest was born, um, they were telling me how hard it's going to be, how difficult it is, the long sleepless nights. And then when the child was born, it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. The reason, as soon as you hear that child cry, you want to charge in there and squash any creepy, crawly thing that was coming after it and you sh- fix any shadow that moved or whatever. That was the easy part. It's a little harder to go back to sleep afterwards, but, but you see what I'm saying? That's our Lord. We are his sons and daughters. And when we're in danger, when we're in trouble, we're in a trial, this is how he reacts to us. He reacts to the faithful and he wants to answer all of our prayers. But we have to be, back, we need to be calling on him. We don't do that. And oftentimes, I think sometimes we don't do that because we're afraid that we won't get a response from him. That makes sense. 14 through 15. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all you of Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, the king Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid nor dismayed, 
because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Remember, we just got on talking about we're dealing with things that aren't within our power. And if they're not within our power, who's our, is it? It's God's. It is not our battle. It is the Lord's. Another reason why we have to be calling on him. And why do we act, like I said before, why do we act surprised when the Lord answers our prayers? Sometimes not always the way we thought that would be answered, right? But the way the Lord's will answers. And sometimes it doesn't always rear, that, that answer doesn't always show up in the, thing, in the form that we think it'll be. In this case, a, a random person that could come out of the audience and declares a message. I mean, def, we, we, we need to be joyful when, we, when our prayers are answered. Um, and God definitely deserves our praise. Um, and we definitely have spiritual victory already, right? As New Testament, creature, uh, New Testament Christians, we already, have, we already won the spiritual battle. The Lord did that for us. Jesus Christ did that for us. But when we see physical miracles, or we see miracles here in, in our daily work, in, in our daily lives, you know, we, we act surprised that they, that they happened. Um, I can think of, very recently, I can think of multiple situations uh, when working with an organization that is coming, short, coming up short on a budget, and every day, up to the, the first, they're, they're, they're praying for a miracle to, to meet their budget. And what happens? Their, their, their prayers are answered exactly. This has been happening for the last couple months. And every time they're you know, excited, praising the Lord, and surprised. Why are we acting surprised? I mean, as a body, and we're praying for something, and the, the prayer's answered. Sure, jump for joy. But let's not be surprised. He's our Father. He's taking care of us. Give Him praise. We worship Him. So, like I was saying before, in this situation with Jehoshaphat, the Lord blesses a random man in the audience with a word of wisdom, telling you basically that this battle is not yours, but the Lord's. And of course, the Lord will be victorious. victorious. Um. Let's just continue to praise the Lord every turn, every day, every minute of the day. Made it to church on time. Didn't get an accident. Right? Kids are alive. You know? Got a call from the sun. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Some days it seems like a normal occurrence, but in another, in another season it might be a miracle that someone gives you a call. You never know when that situation is going to be. We need to be praising the Lord on the constant. Verse 16, 16 through 19. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent Aziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. So basically what this, um, this gentleman is about to is tell him, he's telling them what they got to do, giving them instructions. And then this, in verse 16, it says, he's saying, Go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. This sounds like sound battle tactics. Well, are we going to surprise them? Are we going to meet them at a field and the Lord's going to perform some, some miracle there? What's going to happen? It sounds like he's starting to tell them some sound battle tactics, how they're going to defeat three armies. But let's continue with 17. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves 
Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. You talk about two contrasting verses right there. One sounds like the beginning of a clear tactic, saying, I, got, I spent 20 years in the military, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think about we're going to go to this valley, we're going to ambush, whatever. No, 17. You do not need to fight this battle. Position yourself and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That's something we all have right now. See the salvation of the Lord. Do you see the salvation of the Lord every day in our lives? The grace that we're given every day in our lives? I just need to read through that again. The Lord is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiped the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites, sorry, and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord of Israel with voices loud and high. They were just told to go meet the, basically go meet these armies and stand still and watch. And every single one of these people 100% believes and trusts in the Lord and this is what's going to happen, that the Lord's going to have victory. And they are just to be still and watch the show. Praise the Lord. I never thought, I was, I, was, I was preparing a study which I thought was going to be something about trials and how to persevere and how to you know, man through it or whatever. It's just praising the Lord, worshiping the Lord, remembering the Lord, who the Lord is. That's our God. He's going to do all the work. He's going to do all the heavy lifting. Ours, sometimes spiritually it is heavy lifting. Getting on our knees, finding the prayer closet, finding a brother and sister to share and pray in prayer and praise. Sometimes that can be a challenge, but we need to have faith. Twenty through twenty-one. So they arose early in the morning and went out in the wilderness of Tekoa. Now, so days passed, and so often when we come out of church, and I think I've heard Mike talk, you know, mention this. You know, sometimes we get out of a sermon or we get out of a prayer meeting, whatever. We're on fire, and then the next day happens, and life happens, and we're back to the you know punching the clock, and we kind of we start to forget. The next day happens, and I want you to pay attention to Josephat's actions. His example he, he sets for us here. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekahoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. He's doubling down. He didn't, he didn't soften the approach. He didn't say, well, only the strongest men with their shields and we'll go out. No, he's doubling down. When we go through a trial, we can sometimes get distracted and maybe pray a little bit less. 
But I'm telling you, we need to double down on our prayer. Four times as much, ten times as much, as much as needed. But we need to be, we need to be doing, we need to double our efforts. And that's what Jehoshaphat's doing here. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. <clears throat> and when he had consulted with his people, with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. I want to share a, a Psalms um, 106.1 with you real quick. Praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Who does he love? All of us. His love's there for each and every one of us. He's the king of all nations. His love endures forever. That mercy, that's, that's so important as well. His mercy endures forever. That is, who, that is the God, that is our God. When we're talking about remind ourselves who the God is that we're talking about, that we're praying to, the God that his mercy endures forever, his love endures forever. In 22, <clears throat> now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambush, ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. And all the people of Jehu, uh, um, Jehoshaphat's people were asked to do was to show up and be still and appreciate the holiness that is the Lord. In First Thessalonians 5, 17 through 8, Pray without ceasing in everything we do, giving thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What does that mean? This is the point, I think, that a lot of young people, a lot of people today forget, people that are searching for a purpose. There's so many people that are searching for a purpose and don't not sure what we're here for, what we're on this earth for. What we've been seeing over and over again with Jehoshaphat and his people, in first Thess- like, again, I'm going to read 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 through 18, Pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks, praising the Lord. For this is the will of God and Jesus Christ for you. To praise the Lord and to give thanks to him. That is why we're here on this earth. To praise and honor him. So they go from front of these armies. Um, they go out to see the Lord work, singing his praises. Um, your praises... I mean, when we're singing, when we're singing, when we're joined together before we, we, we go through a study and we sing, this is a demonstration of our faith. This is a demonstration of our faith. These, um, singing, on the front lines of the, um, singing on the front of the battle lines is a demonstration of their faith. Um, it's, a, it's a testimony of their faithfulness, um, their faith in the Lord. These people are going out on the front lines and they're thinking they're about to meet three armies. They didn't bring any shields. They didn't bring any spears. They're not worried about catching an arrow, right? They're singing the praises. Why is that important? Think about the, the mindset. So if you're so confident that you're going to go out there singing, making yourself a target, and you don't have any inclination that you're going to get hit, 
Not a single person, as we find out, not a single person dies from Jehoshaphat's people. Right? That is the faithfulness these people had in the Lord. And they went out singing the praises of the Lord. Um, faith is connected to God acting. Um, and it's not always the way we might want, but the Lord knows what we need and within the Lord's will. Look at Matthew seventeen twenty. I just want to share that real quick. Jesus says, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. If you ask the Lord something and if it's, in, within his, and if it's according to his will, he will make it happen. And he contrasts that with um, Matthew 13, when Jesus is in Nazareth, he says, now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So here, under Jehoshaphat's leadership, the people had faith as demonstrated through praise. The Lord, in Matthew 13, the Lord wasn't doing many works because, there was, because of their unbelief. But then on the flip side on that, contrast with it, if you, if you have Faith, you can move mountains. Again, if it's within the will of the Lord. Let's go to 23 through 24. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were their dead bodies fallen on the earth, and no one had escaped. The sin that drove these three armies to come pillage, attack the people of Judah was their ultimate demise. Because they started marching to attack Judah, and what did they start doing? Well, we're going to conquer Judah. We've got to divide the riches between the three armies. You know, they start doing the math. All right, well, let's take out the weaker guy. Well, now there's two armies. Well, now we're going to divide up 50-50, right? Well, if we knock out the other guy, all the riches. By the time they made it to um, Jehoshaphat's people, they, were, they destroyed themselves. The lesson here is when we're going through a trial, we need not look and focus on the trial, the, 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 the obstacle we're going up against, the world, the sin, the devil. The same sin that put us there or, or has created that trial is going to consume you. And the more time you spend focusing on it is less time you're focusing on the Lord. So we need to go right back to Jehoshaphat's example. What did he do? I'm afraid and I'm going to focus on you. I'm looking to the Lord. Because what happens when we look to the Lord? We draw closer to the Lord. And that's what we need to be doing. 25 through 26. <clears throat> when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry, which they stripped off themselves more than they could carry away and there were three days gathering the spoils because there was so much. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Barakah. I'm sorry if I butchered that word. For they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of that place was called the Valley of Barakah until this day, or, or otherwise known, the Valley of Blessings. 
What, what can we take out of here? Something that was the trial, the, the thing that was going to end this nation, something that they were so afraid of, right? This valley was going to be where mothers and wives were going to be mourning over lost sons and daughters, or lost sons and husbands, excuse me. This was going to be the end of a nation, possibly, right here in this valley. But what does the Lord do to it? He turns it into a blessing, and it now and forever is known as the Valley of Blessings. Many of you are here older than me and can think of a lot more of examples, as I can, of trials I thought was going to be the end of my family, was it going to be the end of my career, was it going to be the end of something, some financial ruin for me. And the times I looked to the Lord, what happens? And some, many of you can think of the same thing. It turned out to be a blessing. Something I thought that I had failed on so much, but I turned to the Lord, and it turned out to be a blessing and became out to be a, a, a healthy tool. Something I grew from. Something that has you know, helped my family. Our valleys, these valleys we think are going to be you know, the, the, end of, the end of us, if we turn to the Lord, they're going to be like what's still there today, the valley called the blessed, the valley of the blessings. Look to the Lord, and the Lord will turn your trials into blessings. Finally, get to 27 through 30. <clears throat> and then we returned every man of Judah in Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat in front of them to go back to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. So they came to Jerusalem with stringed instruments, harps and trumpets, to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries. And when they had heard the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet. For his God gave him rest all around. How do we reward such a mighty and powerful God? for all the things he's done in our lives. How he's moved in our lives. When God gives us rewards here physically, and I spoke a little bit about this earlier, and we already know he's won the spiritual victory, but how can we honor our Lord for all these gifts, for all these blessings? Through praise and worshiping him. That is how we honor our Lord. That is why praise and worship, like we do just before services, when we say, thank you, Lord, when we just are in our prayers, praising and worshiping him. This is an example Jehoshaphat gave us, and this is an example we must do for our families and for our communities. But more importantly, we must do it because we love the Lord. No, no outwardly reward, but just because we love the Lord. It's a demonstration of our faith and praise and honor of him in advance while we are in our trial, glorifying and rejoicing in him when he gives us victory. We need to be praising and honoring the Lord at all times. And it sounds, when, you know, before going through the study, it sounds like something very difficult. How do, you, how do you sing praises for the Lord when you're going through a trial? Well, it's about faith. It's about drawing close to the Lord. It's about being in the word. So I think I ate up most of our time here, but as we go before the Lord in prayer right now, I just want us to think about how we can honor him, how can you can honor him. 
sharing his praise, sharing his worship, thinking about how we can honor him, praying for our brothers and sisters. Um, and we're not going to do intercessory prayer tonight, but if you need prayer, please come up and be more than happy to pray with you. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for everything that you have done. And we just need to be reminded that you are the creator of everything. You are the king of all nations. All the ones that we think are our enemies, who are possibly our enemies, you're the king of those nations as well, Lord. You're the king of all of our enemies as well. You're the, mighty, you're the most powerful, the, the mighty one. Nothing is outside of your power, Lord. And we just need to be reminded of that. We desire your will in our lives, Lord. And we just thank you for the opportunities that you give us to praise and worship you. In your name we pray. Amen. Like I said, if you need prayer, please come up and join us. And we'll, um, myself, Mike, or Kevin, can, we, we can pray with you. And uh, God bless, and we'll see you on Sunday.